Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I am joined by Tarek. Welcome to the Gun Show we is filmed in front of an undead studio audience. <laughs> and Garrett. Hello, everyone. And uh, tonight we have, despite all the laughter, uh, we have a bit of a serious topic. Um, we were informed of a uh, attempt at home invasion the other day, and uh, there are some important lessons to learn from that. So tonight we're discussing uh, home defense in a, in a fairly broad sense. Teabag, do you want to kick us off with uh, this topic? So I, I think you'd have to be living under a rock at the moment to not notice that there has been a definite spike in crime um, in our sort of post-pandemic world. And there's been a, a, an increase in, in particular in, in home invasion sort of crime. So uh, what's uh, referred to on the charge sheet as uh, a house robbery, um, and robbery involves the, the use of force. So that's the difference between a burglary and a robbery. So there's definitely been an increase in home invasions, and there's no reason to believe that we're not going to see more of them. So what we thought we would chat about a little bit is is the best ways to sort of avoid them, um, because as we've discussed in previous shows, first prize is always to avoid them. Um, but especially with your house, you can't move it. You can't take it out the way. So we also need to understand how to, to deal with them when they happen. Uh, so tonight we're going to be chatting about those sort of topics, uh, what we can do to make ourselves harder targets, and what we can do if that doesn't succeed. Perfect. So <clears throat> I'm going to make a reference to, uh, to one of the lines that this guy quoted. And uh, it was, from the time that I heard the first noise to the time that they had bashed in the front door was less than 30 seconds. Um, the reality is that, that your doors are probably not going to keep them out if they are determined to come in. Um, in this case, they chose the door and they, they, they chose the gate and the door, but they can just as easily go for windows if you don't have burglar proofing of any sort that, that can keep them out. Um, the reality is that these things happen rapidly um, and they do not always happen at times that people think crime is, is at a higher uh, rate. They don't typically happen at midnight. This was a, I'm not sure what time of the day this happened, but based on what he said, this was work day. I mean, this was like yeah. Yeah, middle of the day. Um, I mean, brazen in, in broad daylight. Uh, and they were aware that he had seen them and they still chose to, to push forward and come in. Um, in fact, they'd made eye contact with him and that's when they decided to hit the door harder. Not, not yeah. run away, not leave, hit the door harder, knowing that he was at home. We need to understand that you know, one of the big things that, that made carjacking or hijacking uh, sort of start occurring a lot more as opposed to just normal car theft was cars got harder and harder to steal and it was easier to steal them when they were running. Uh, if you're at home, the criminals know that the safe keys are at home, your cell phones are all in the house, iPads, laptops, uh, all sorts of things. And at the moment, people are at home a lot more. Um, you know, a lot of people, even, even as we kind of get to lower and lower levels, are, uh, are still working from home, and that's probably going to remain for quite a while, um, if not indefinitely. And I think there's also an understanding that people are a lot more complacent in their homes. 
especially if you're home all day, every day. Uh, people start are less sort of concerned because we feel safe in our castle. Uh, so we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of, of the fact that just because you're at your house with your door locked doesn't mean you're safe. Just because you're, you're home and someone thinks you're home or knows you're home doesn't mean that they won't break in. In fact, it may increase the chance of that happening, uh, especially if it's uh, you know housewife on her own, on home on her own, or, or mom and the kids at home, um, because that's an even softer target. So we need to be aware of of how these things can happen, um, and they do also happen in the middle of the night. Um, I have some family members who had a home invasion less than a month ago, uh, two o'clock in the morning, letting the dogs out to wee, and three dudes with guns waiting at the front door, waiting for them to open the door uh, because we all develop tactic uh, patterns. Um, and we also, you know, the advantage to two o'clock in the morning is that you're probably not going to be at your most wide awake, uh, the advantage from the criminal's point of view. And if you getting up every night to let your dogs out, well, all that security stuff, you're probably switching off the beams if they're armed, you're opening the door, you're probably opening the security gate. Uh, so you're, you're making for easier entry. Exactly. Yep. I, I didn't mean to say that they don't happen at hmm. all times of the day. It's just, they don't happen at times that people commonly associate hmm. with. These are the bad hours. Um, those are probably the yep. bad hours. If you're out and about, not in your house. Um, the worst hours, the worst hours. Yeah. But, uh, home invasions, at least uh, from statistics, at least happen when, um, people are either getting home, or when they get up in the morning, because when you get home, you're opening up doors and stuff. Um, and when you get up in the morning, people are typically opening up doors to their dogs out or back and forth between the car and the driveway and the house, that, that kind of stuff. It's, it's um, opportunistic crime and the opportunity is greatest when uh, it's easy for them to let themselves in because the doors are open. Yeah. So I've heard um, it now from both you and Tarek, where you're saying that these attacks are opportunistic, but what we're seeing is that they wait for us to break down the, those security barriers to make the, the access easier to then um, initiate the attack or, or the burglary or whatever you want to call it. So they're waiting for you to break down that security system that you have, which makes their lives much easier and gives them better access. Yep, and the, the less warning you have that they're coming, the easier their job is. So if the beams are already off and they know that, they know that there's not going to be a loud noise that's going to alert you. If the door's already open, they don't have to bang through it. Even though we, we, the, the, the recent experience that, that uh, he had shows that they will absolutely bash through whatever they want to. Uh, but if the door's already open, that's easier. And you have less, you have less of, a, of, a, of a time barrier between you and them if they don't have to break through stuff. Um, you, you have far less time to, to respond to, to what's happening. There was a book, and I, I don't know if the, 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 the info is still current, but I've got no reason to believe that it isn't. There was a book written about a decade or so ago about a researcher. I seem to remember the names, and, but don't quote me, um, on home invasions. And uh, one of the things that, that he found in his study was that on average, they'd been watching your house for two weeks before the attack happened um, to get an idea of your your movements, your, your habits, your, you know, your, so that they could develop a, a strategy to get to you. Um, 
So it's something we need to be aware of because we all, we all have habits. Um, and if you've got dogs or kids or whatever, then you can't always control that habit. Um, you know, if, if, if your dog decides four o'clock in the morning it needs to go out, you can't not let it out. Uh, so we, we just need to make sure that you've got to look at yourself. William April had a brilliant, brilliant sort of thing about this, um, the late William April. Uh, about look at yourself like a criminal and think, how would I get me? So if, if I want to do get me, what, what's the best place? What's the best way? Uh, and that's, that's a really useful sort of technique for you to, to kind of look at your lifestyle as a criminal, your house, your, your setup. And if you, if you were a criminal, how, what would you do? What would be the easiest, best time, place to get you? I will uh, I will add to that uh, because I've I've had some interactions with people who are uh, completely oblivious to the realities and the cruelties of the world. Uh, maybe not through through any sort of uh, fault of their own. They just haven't been exposed to to some of the rougher things that that exist and happen in the world. Um, if you're going to look at yourself through the eyes of a criminal, make sure that you have some context in what criminals in, in your area or your country do to people. Um, if you're a little old lady who is the sweetest thing that's ever lived and you think the way that I would get myself is I would rob me of my cookies at the tea table, um, even though that might be true, that's not how criminals operate in this country. Um, so oh, anyway, really. I, I hate reading the news anywhere. I hate reading the news. It's, it's massively depressing, but it's probably a good idea to have some idea of what's happening uh, in your neighborhood if there is localized news to that point, in your town, in your city, in your province, in your country. Um, crime is, is a little bit regionalized. Some, some places are more violent than others, um, probably because the defenses are better in some areas than others and people are more likely to resist in some areas than others. Um, but if, if you can get some idea of what's happening in, in at least your, your local vicinity um, and look at that realistically in terms of how you think you would come after yourself, I think that's a, a valuable uh, exercise to go through. And that's a good point. Remove the filter of, of sort of civility uh, that you apply to the world. So if you're looking at this like, I'm not looking at it like a um, kind of, any sort of deep, dark thoughts that, that generally we as civilized people try and not let come to the fore, um, you need to let those come to the fore as to how you would do this if your goal was to do bad things. Um, because and we should, that's, yeah. We should dive a little bit into that. Um, sometimes the goal is simply to do bad things. Um, sometimes people come over and they want to just steal your shit because you have nice stuff. But sometimes they're not there for your stuff. They are there for you. Um, and you need to, when you do this analysis, you need to bear that in mind. Uh, handing over goods uh, or ATM pins or cell phones and things may not be their end goal. Um, so that might not, you know, I, I would go so far as to say that it's not, it's not it, very much situational dependent. I don't want to tell anyone what to do in any situation, but um, compliance is never a guarantee that they're not going to do more bad things to you. Um, 
Yeah, compliance might just make it easier for them to... And let's understand that, that in a lot of home invasions, in South Africa especially, it, it's kind of become quite standard if you weren't raped, tortured, or murdered for people to tell you how lucky you were. Um, now, that does annoy me because that's not lucky. But the fact is, that's that's the situation a lot of people find themselves in where it's, it's considered lucky that all they did was tie you up, maybe slap you around and take your shit. Um, if you haven't come across the stories of rape, gang rape, murder, torture, then you're living under a rock. If you're a South African and you don't think that happens in your neighborhood, um, and that doesn't matter what neighborhood that is, um, you can live in the nicest area, you can live in the not nicest area. It's happening within a couple of k's of you, if not closer. Uh, doesn't matter if you're in a townhouse complex. People have this thing that they live in complexes so that they're so, so that they're safe. Um, most complexes are relying on a security guard who earns very very little money uh, as as their access control. Um, he's not. Pro he's probably not going to die for you. Um, he might be able to be bought off. He might be able to be threatened. Uh, and. One of the downsides of those complexes as well is that people think they're safe. So they don't take basic precaution because it's okay. I'm, I'm in a complex and I'm safe. So once the, it's that beehive thing of once you're inside the beehive, the, beehive, the bees believe you must belong. Uh, so once people get into the complex and they may rent a house in the complex, they might buy a house in the complex, they might just have someone let them in, they might break in. But once they're in, people are, oh, well, he, he, they must belong here because we, we're in a secure complex, uh, which is not to say that they're totally useless, but they're nowhere near as safe as a lot of, as a lot of people seem to think. Yeah, I think the whole okay. message of this show in general is that the only person you can really rely on for your safety is you. Your security guard is not going to get shot for you. Um, your armed response guys may not want to get there in time. They might be super switched on and might be super keen to get there in time. There's still travel time. Same for your local police. You might have the guys who are, who are super parat and super keen on, on getting there and, and sorting this out, um, but they've still got to travel there. And there's as much chance that you're going to get the guy who knows that if he gets there while the criminals are there, he might get shot. But if he gets there after they leave, all he has to do is write a, you know, start writing out paperwork. So uh, we, we had a, our neighborhood was, was plagued by crime for, for a while. It's been relatively quiet recently, but for a while there was, there was a lot of violent crime happening. Uh, and I was first on scene a couple of years ago, um, where just up the road, they had lifted the gate off of the rails, pushed their way in and shot the husband in the arm. And I think that entire event took something like 12 seconds, I think they said. I was just around the corner. I happened to be driving past and I, I, I got pulled over because issues. Um, but um, the guys had left by the time I got there. I, I drove past them as they were leaving. Um, it took the police, and this is, this is not, a, a, it's not a representation of the police. It's not a representation of anything because this is a, an isolated event and we don't know what their average response times and things is in this area. Um, but it took them something like 23 minutes to get to this house. Um, they were narrowly beaten by the paramedics. It took something like 19 minutes or something. Um, luckily the, 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 the 
the place where he was shot made it non-life-threatening, and I don't know what they shot him with, but it was, shall we say, highly ineffective. Um, so he got, he wasn't lucky in any way. It's a horrible experience, and it could have been far worse. But the fact that the ambulance just took like 19 minutes to get to him was not a problem in this instance. But the reality is that the police are probably only going to be slightly behind the paramedics who are going to take a while to get to you. Um, there's, there's some preparedness that needs to, to happen, some thought that needs to be put into being prepared for these things. Because like Derek said, they are on the rise. Um, and it's probably going to get, as the economy tanks, and we know that it is tanking at the moment, and, and joblessness gets sort of more prevalent, people will need to revert to crime to survive. So odds are that the numbers are going to go up and they're probably going to go up a lot in the, in the coming period. Um, yeah. And, and understand that, you know, there's the old thing about the crowd is only as clever as the dumbest member. Uh, there are, there's a very good likelihood of someone who's a relatively normal person who get, if they get involved in crime, are going to do things they probably wouldn't normally consider they would do because of where they find themselves in the people they're surrounded with the situations they find themselves in people get wound up and all of a sudden find themselves doing things that they wouldn't do ordinarily. So if you're relying on the kindness of a violent criminal, um, I'm going to be delicate here and say you're a fucking idiot. If you genuinely are hoping that this violent criminal, because a home invader is a violent criminal, if you're hoping that this person is not going to hurt you because you're a nice person who goes to church on Sunday and doesn't kick their dog, uh, you, you could very, very likely be in for a, a horrible awakening. Um, as I say, as, as Kone said, look at the news, look at the stories. Um, Babies getting raped, grannies getting raped, people getting shot, people getting forced to watch other members of their family tortured, raped, murdered. Uh, the, the only difference between that person and you is that it hasn't happened to you possibly yet. Uh, they didn't wake up that morning. Our mate who, who was in this, this shooting or in this event didn't wake up that morning thinking, shit, midday today, I might just be in a fight for my life. He um, woke up that day just like he woke up this morning thinking about work and what he was going to have for dinner and all the other normal things we do in a day it's a day like any other day until it's not so let's look at some concrete things we can do and one is take advantage of physical barriers the the best security gauge in the world is of no value if it's not closed and locked it's of no value if it's closed, locked, and the key is in it, because I know people who that's happened to as well. Um, you know, electric fences, people seem to think are wonderful. They're pretty easy to get past. Um, but your fences, your walls are your first line of defense. Make sure, especially with electronic, electric gates, that you watch it close behind you, and you watch and, and make sure that it stays closed. There's lots and lots of CCTV footage of people driving through their gate, the gate is almost all the way closed and the gang run in behind it and the auto sensor reopens it because people see it start closing. <clears throat> the amount of people I see who don't even bother, but even if they do, they see it start closing and go, it's closed. Watch it close. Watch, make sure it stays closed. Um, when, you, when you're in the house, lock your doors, lock your security gates. Um, 
I've, I've come across idiocy like, no, I don't want to lock the security gate because it stops the, the, the fresh air coming in. Um, no, the door does that. <laughs> yeah. 10 millimeter steel bars do not stop oxygen. Um, otherwise, we could wear them on our face instead of masks. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're in the house at night, close your curtains. You know, it, it's one of those weird things that I see where, where people have got the lights on in the house and they're wandering around. There's a dark yard and their curtains are open. People can see in, people can see what you're doing. Uh, and there's a fair amount of cases of people having a look out of curtain or look out of window and catching a bullet as they do that. Uh, so we want to make it, we want to make it as hard to get up to the house undetected as possible. Um, so, you know, for, for the night light is your friend. Um, I hear all this ninja bullshit about people wanting to creep around in the darkness. Really? Um, put lights on lights, are your friend. Um, if you've got outdoor beams arm them because they don't work if you don't arm them. And if you do have them test them regularly, and test that they reach everywhere you think they reach. Uh, because oftentimes they leave, there's all sorts of little places you can, you can get past them. That's not to say even if you've got good ones that they're 100%, but every little bit makes it that much harder to get you. Um, or gives you that much prior warning so that you can, you can enact a plan and keep your family safe as well. Um, you know, there's the difference between sending the kids and locking them in a room because you think there's someone might be someone in the yard and then having to shoot them while they come in the front door and having to shoot them as they come in the front door past your kids because you didn't notice until they got to the front door. So to touch on that as well, um, if you go back to the having your curtains open in that environment, you don't have the light advantage at all. You're typically your inside lights and that are not going to light up the outside area of your house well enough for you to spot anyone lurking in the garden, but they can quite easily see you, what you're going to do and where you're going next. The same thing is trying to work through your home or, or do the stealthy ninja stuff in the darkness. In that environment, if no one's got light, there's actually more places to hide. You increase that area that someone could hide where you could miss looking at a spot. Using a light, you've got reflection, you've got or even switching on the lights or torch, etc. You've got much more light. You can see those small hiding areas that you typically wouldn't see if the lights weren't on or if you were in the darkness. So keep that in mind as well. Absolutely. Um, we we mentioned the, uh, the the burglar proofing on windows and things. Uh, not all houses have that. If you have it, good. If you don't have it and you can get it fitted, good. Uh, but realize that just like a door, those are temporary measures. It doesn't keep them out. Um, I've seen plenty really good burglar proofing jobs that get bent open with a crowbar in no time. Uh, like that, that whole fulcrum, I'll move the wall thing. It works. If you have something that's long enough and, and like tough enough that it won't break, you can literally bend anything open, including your security gates. I've seen that happen. Um, so it, don't neglect having those things because they don't stop anyone from getting in. They delay it and they make a hell of a lot of noise typically when they try and get through those, um, which helps you, one, identify where the problem is because you can hear it. And two, tells you that there is a problem so you can prepare for it. Um, yeah, I mean, 
a lot of a lot of what we're relying on with these things at the end of the day is that they make noise um you know it's it's the guy having to smash through them or having to make a noise trying to break through them is what might wake you up in the middle of the night um or what might make you aware while you're sitting at your desk doing a new a zoom meeting at three o'clock in the afternoon because it's 2020 and this is a new normal um or you sitting on the couch watching tv at seven o'clock in the morning or or seven o'clock in the evening or brushing your teeth in the morning um that that extra bit of noise that extra little bit of effort as we said in the awareness show it might not it might not stop it completely but it might buy you enough time to have some options uh you know the burglar bar thing as well uh, two years ago uh, a very good friend of mine had a had a home invasion with guys climb through his burglar bars and if i look if i looked at those burglar bars there was it did not look like there was a way for an adult human being or a child to get through them um and two guys managed to climb to to climb through them and you know he knew they were there when when he heard them open his bedroom door so once again be realistic about these things uh, and it's not paranoia to want to be secure. No, especially if you're buying yourself time to get ahead of the curve before you get surprised or taken off guard, uh, like we discussed before. So as long as you're buying that time so that you can get ahead of the situation before it escalates to something that you're not ahead on, these things are going to do that for you. Exactly. We'll, we'll get into the, 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 the gun stuff in, in a, in a, couple of minutes uh there are there are some other things that we need to mention if you have security cameras realize that those are generally used afterwards to maybe identify the people they do nothing for you before or during the event okay they are retrospective things that people look at to see what happened unless you take a look at them before you step outside of your house in the morning so before you unlock if you have cameras before you unlock the door, before you open the gate, if you can have a look around. Now, I don't have cameras. I look through windows. Um, that works. But if you have cameras, if you can take a look at those before you start opening anything up to make sure that there isn't anything, well, to make partially sure that there isn't anything waiting for you outside that you're not aware of. Uh, that's a really good habit to get into. Same thing at night if you have to open up for your dogs or whatever. You hear the tap running. We've discussed that in the in the in the the other show, but we'll we'll mention it again. If you hear the tap running, taps don't open themselves. Now pipes burst. We know that that happens, but a burst pipe is not a reason to go outside um, without being sure that it is safe. A running tap is not a reason to go outside without being sure that it is safe. And being sure that it is safe is really difficult, especially when it's nighttime and you 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 don't have any way of verifying that. I would. I would call the security company if you have one and have them take a look around before you go outside. Um, so get into the habit of checking before you go outside uh, in the morning when you're packing stuff in your car, as I think a lot of, a lot of moms do when they're trying to get kids to school and things and businessmen do because they're loading their suitcases and stuff. And business people, stuff, you sexist piece of shit. I am a sexist piece of shit. When business people load their <laughs> Sorry, cars. Sorry, um, don't leave all the doors and stuff open um, while you're doing trips back and forth between the car. If you can at all avoid it, 
Um, don't go outside. Don't open the gates and things and go outside with everything in your arms. Like walk outside without anything in your hands so you can have a look around and you're much more able to fight if you don't have to let go of a bunch of stuff. Now you should train to let go of anything that you're holding, including kids. We discussed that in another episode. If a fight does happen, but you're going to be much more prepared if you're going outside initially to have a look and then starting to move all your shit. It doesn't guarantee that nothing will happen to you, but at least you, you've had a good look around and you can be reasonably sure that there isn't anything hiding. Um, so before we get into the gun stuff, um, we've spoken about alarms, we've spoken about burglar proofing of some sorts, um, spoken about keeping your curtains closed, keeping lights on. Um, it's probably a good idea if you can to have some form of defensive tool near entrances in your house. Now we cannot, like our American friends, we cannot bolt a shotgun to the door in every entrance in the house. That is not legal over here. We can't tape a gun to the bottom of the kitchen table. It's not legal, okay? But you can mount things like pepper spray um, next to entrances in your house. Uh, that doesn't, that would not be my first prize as a defensive tool should someone try and break in. Um, but, and I don't have ch- kids, but if your child is the one that spots them initially, your child is not going to have access to a firearm and shouldn't. Um, but if they are reasonably, um, what's the word, responsible, they can be taught to use and respect things like pepper spray. And they can access those. They can, <clears throat> you want them to retreat away from the danger, but they can certainly give that dude a good run for his money with some, some pepper spray while they're getting away. Um, same thing for you. Not all of us always have guns on us, despite what the internet tells us. That gives you something to reach for to at least slow them down for a moment. Um, again, not, not my first prize tool, but it's a, it's a handy thing and it's legal to have it, quote unquote, lying around the house everywhere. Um, I, I wouldn't Obviously, go... Mm-hmm. Obviously, what you've got to remember is that for every um, swing, there is a roundabout. So whatever weapons you've got stashed around the house, and I've seen guys with machetes and axes and spears, and whatever weapons you've got stashed around the house are also weapons available to them. Um, you know, so if someone breaks in and he's got a copy in his pocket and you've got a lovely battle axe in the, in the cupboard, uh, or, or by the front door, you may very likely have just us up armed it. Um, and I've got friends We've, in the states who've who've had the same thing where they've come home and discovered that the shotgun in the in the closet is now no longer in the closet. Um, so be aware of that. Uh, that you also don't want to be in a situation where you're potentially arming someone. Pepper spray is always a good option. Whatever you've got, I would I would put it sort of out of sight. Um, uh, I have torches everywhere. Um, you know, those are, it's not something people generally think of as a weapon. Uh, it can be, it, it can be quite useful. Um, and that's something that I kind of anywhere near an entrance in anywhere where I'm likely to be seated or seated, seated or seated in English. Um, I'll try and have a, a decent light handy. Yep. We, we've got the same topic. I was going to say that I wouldn't mount sticks and oh. axes and Sorry. knives and swords and shit in your house as a means of defense because exactly what Tarek said. Um, you're, you're, you're upping the game for, for the other guys. 
Pepper it spray is generally like we do prep for this show. Yeah, we for the record. One of do. us do. <laughs> one of us do. Which, which one's that? <laughs> I, I think it would be you, Cornhole. <laughs> I sometimes do. Um, unless we change the topic last minute like we did tonight. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so now exactly carrying on with that. Um having those other defensive tools are easily fairly easily accessible uh to to buy yourself some more time or, or whatever the case is. One of the typical things that we see is that when we get home it's our safe space and, and I've caught myself doing it. When you get home, you can't wait to take your belt off, you take your gun off, and then it's it's not necessarily on you, it's now nearby. Whether that's arm reach or maybe even a little more if you get distracted or you have to do something else. How is that how how would how do you guys manage that? What is your way around working that? It, it sometimes so, happens without thinking about it. So I on my side. I I do one of three things. Um if I am, I am dressed, I have clothes on, uh, my gun is on me and it is where I always carry it. It's, it's an appendix because I will be wearing a belt. Um, I, because I work from home um, and I don't really need to hide guns to, to quite the same degree that most other people need to, even though it's, it's changed now because everyone's working from home now, um, basically. My belts are pretty comfortable and as a result, I don't feel the need to rip my belt off when I get home or when I, when I move around and stuff. It's, I, I can carry like this all day, every day, no problem. Um, if it is a lazy weekend and I am not putting on pants that support a belt and things, I have a, it's a, it's a Daniel's belt. It's quite a rigid belt. It doesn't require belt loops and stuff. I can throw it on my, around my hips and I can walk around in anything and I can still have a gun on me. Um, sometimes I don't do that and I'll walk around with a gun in a holster and it will do exactly what you said. It's, it's within sort of arm's reach. But I try to not do that. And the reason I try, and it, we all do this at some point, like I'm not like holier than thou and I, I will never leave my gun lying around. Um, I try to not do that because if I get distracted, by anything, I have found myself walking into an, a separate room from where my firearm is. Uh, and that makes me pretty uncomfortable. Not just from the, the perhaps home invasion happens now and I'm separated from my gun, but also the fact that we now have a firearm that is you know, separated from my physical control. That, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. So I, I greatly try to not do that. Um, but like I said, it it does occasionally happen that I walk around with a gun in a holster and then I need to just be super aware of the fact that I don't have it strapped to me and I need to make sure that it goes with me where I go. Um, very, very similar to your issue, Gaz. No, no, I'm just checking that it's, it's, it's not like an isolated thing and, and I think it's something that people need to be aware of. Um, it's something that I try and avoid as well. Like you, if I've got clothes on, uh, normal, like my work clothes or something, the belts on the guns, holstered in its normal spot appendix carry but like when i'm dry firing the gun's not easily within my reach mm. it's probably a couple of steps away um but not somewhere where that i can easily mix it up with my dry fire stuff um and sometimes you get home and you've just had an uncomfortable day and you need to take the the gun yep. off you know so those are also things to consider yep that's yeah. exactly where i say that 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 heightened awareness of the fact that my gun is not strapped to me and i need to be sure it travels with me now um 
I, I find that to be tiring because it's, it takes a lot of mental energy to remember that. So I, I prefer to just throw on that Daniel's belt. It's like, uh, it's, it's not a battle belt like a lot of people think they have, but it is a, it is a belt that is staged and, and I can just throw a gun and a holster on that. Um, T-Bag, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no. Uh, similar, I'm probably not quite as proud as, as Kune, because um, I do love to get my belt off when I get home. Um, if I've got my belt on, guns in the holster. Uh, if, if I've taken my belt off and I'm wearing a pair of jeans, um, shock horror, I may shove the gun in um, Mexican to the side of my pants while I'm wandering around. Um, don't try that with uh, uh, tracks your pants or anything. But, uh, and I wouldn't do that out in public, but if I'm sort of wandering around the house, I'm not too worried about it. I don't have kids, so there's two adults in the house who are both quite gun savvy. I, I don't leave guns lying around, um, but I will s- sit on the couch with my gun next to me or, um, you know, wherever, have the gun within arm's reach. And I've probably, I've, I've been, I, I've built the habit over decades of if I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom, I take my gun with me. Um, if I'm going to let the dogs in or out quickly, I take the gun with me. It, it's not really a, a something that I, I consciously think of. Um, it's a case of, oh, shit, let me go, let me go get a, you know, let me go pour a drink, make a cup of coffee. I'll pick up the gun, take it with me, put it down on the kitchen counter. Um, is it as good as having it on your body all the time? No, it's not. I'm just not quite as tough as some people who can, um, who don't ever want to be comfortable. <laughs> uh, so what I would be very careful of is I've seen guys who do the come home and stick the gun on top of the fridge or come home and stick the gun in their nighttime sleep, you know, wherever they stash the gun when they go to bed at night. Um, and even if you've got a small house, if it's not within, if you can't touch it, it's not in play. Um, you know, it's also just yeah. sorry, T back to interrupt you for a moment. Um, if the first place that they break into is the place where you've stashed that, not only is it not in play for you, it might now be in play for them. Um, so you, you can't go with, I'll just run to my bedroom if I hear something because that might be where they're coming from. Yeah, sorry, or, or, or they may have come in through the spare bedroom and then they're now in the passage between the lounge where you are and the bedroom where you're going is. So, yeah, it's. I've, I've said this for years. If it's not within arm's reach, when the shit happens, it might as well be on the moon. Um, it, it's not in play if you can't lay hands on it without moving your body. Um, and that applies to any gear. Um, guns, knives, hand grenades, whatever other cool guy shit you have, if you, if you have to move to reach it, it's not, it's not realistically in play um, for a defensive situation. Obviously, the harder your defense is, um, the more options that gives you or, or the little bit more of t- time you've got to access it. Um, but realistically, and, and this is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, a home defense gun in the safe is not a home defense gun. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not understanding the, the situation people envision, unless they've watched too many bad thrillers where the family hears a noise and goes to the cupboard and gets the gun and 
finds the box of ammo and loads the gun. And as they get the last round in the revolver cylinder and close it, the bad guy opens up the cupboard where they're hiding. Um, if that's what you're visualizing, you need to slap yourself. I'll, I'll go back to, uh, to what I quoted earlier from that, that recent incident we have been referencing some of this off of. From the time he heard the first noise to the time that they had bashed down the gate and the front door and they were looking at him was less than 30 seconds. I don't know about you. I cannot open my safe in 30 seconds. Like maybe I can if I've already unlocked it and I just need to spin the cylinder, but like my safe's on stage like that because that's not legal. (laughs) The 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 other other thing thing is, yeah. What might be worthwhile doing is for someone to actually, I could probably try and do it, is put it on a timer and see how long it would take me to get from, okay, I live in like a one bedroom apartment, to get from my couch to my safe and retrieve a gun out the safe. That's going to be, by the time you realize something's happening to the time you get the gun is either you've been attacked already um, or they've gained entry already. My safes are behind me and my keys are not far from me. And uh, I can promise you that I can't get to my keys, unlock my safe, load one of my guns in 30 seconds. And 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 my safes are four meters behind me. And, and bearing in mind two things, that 30 seconds may have been even less because of stress, time distortion. Yep. Um, and, and the real way to time that is to have the buzzer go, run to your safe, go, oh shit, I need the key, run back to the kitchen counter where you thought you left the key, run to next to the bed where you actually left the key, get the key, run back to the safe, put the wrong key in the safe, put the right key in the safe, turn it the wrong way, then turn it the right way, then open it. Um, because that's probably closer to, to what's going to happen than you slicking the, the safe open. Uh, yeah, you know, and running it on a time is going to be ideal circumstances where everything mm-hmm. goes according to plan. Um, yeah. And some, something else with this is um, unless you have very specific uh, section licenses in your firearms, you can't store them loaded, um, which means you need to load the gun. Do you know how many people I've seen cock up loading guns when they're not stressed? Short stroke, fail to properly insert mag. um, All all sorts of issues happen when people try to load guns, even when they're not stressed. Uh, When that timer, and I'm not talking about the the shot timer, I'm talking about that real timer. These guys are coming and they're coming hard. The odds of you cocking that up go up. Despite what people tell you, the odds of you cocking it up goes up dramatically the gun that I have on me I know the magazine is in properly I know there's around the chamber and I know this because I follow a, a regimented loading procedure for my guns um, I know that when I pull the trigger on this gun it's going to go bang it might only go bang once but it's going to go bang that's because um, you're carrying a Glock at the moment <laughs> <laughs> my, my 1911s used to go bang <laughs> Um, the, the odds of people cocking it up is, is yeah, it, it's, it's not worth the risk. If you have a firearm, uh, you should have it on you or staged, like he said, where your body doesn't have to move. You can stick your hand on it. Yeah, so ideally your, your inverted commas, your worst situation in, in home defense, if we're looking at it from that perspective, is that it's within arm's reach you do not have to move your body to get to it. That would be your ideal worst situation, if I could put it in those words. 
Exactly. And I think that bring, brings us to, to, to something that, you know, and everyone loves to discuss gear. Um, it's one of the oldest debates around, you know, what gun for self, for home defense, handgun, shotgun, rifle. Um, and anyone who knows me knows how much I love the gospel of the gauge. Uh, but realistically, the handgun is always going to be your, your sort of primary defensive um, pistol, even in a home defense situation, simply because you can have it with you all the time. Um, it's a lot easier to keep a handgun within arm's reach or on your, especially on your body than it is with a shotgun or a rifle. Um, it's a lot easier to make sure that when you run to the bathroom, because whatever you had for dinner wasn't 100%, that you take your pistol with you as opposed to taking a shotgun or a rifle with you. And just probably even more importantly, if, you're, if you open up the front door and call the dogs and they don't come and you've got to go around the corner uh, to see where they are, it's a lot easier to have a pistol shoved in your belt um, than it is to, you know, not many of us are going to go stroll into the front lot yard, um, you know, with the 1301 slung port arms. Uh, and if you do, you, you might freak out your neighbors and you're also anyone who is watching you, as we discussed that time of watching the house is now noticed, now know you've got a gun and a may want the gun and B know that when they hit you, they need to hit you a lot harder. So the primary sort of firearm in a, in, in a, in a home defense strategy, logically, especially in this country is a pistol because of those reasons. If, if, you, if you choose to have a long gun staged for, for whatever reason, and there are, um, you know, that you may have a Section 14 license or whatever, but if you choose to, to try and stage a long gun at night, um, you need to be very, very careful that, you know, I, I wouldn't want a gun propped where, where, where people could see it. Um, I also, we've asked guys, um, I w also wouldn't want to have a gun that I couldn't get to. Um, but you've also got to be very careful that it's set up in such a way that you can't forget it when you leave for work in the morning. Or if you're working from home, that you can't forget it when you go, shit, I need to get bread and milk or, or go buy lunch or whatever. So <sighs> realistically, build the plan around a pistol. If you're going to try and in include a long gun in that, you need to make sure that you've got fail safes that prevent you leaving your house um, without putting that gun back in the safe uh, as is required. There's another important consideration with long guns, not so much shotguns, but rifles, um, especially your, your match rifle with that awesome break on it. Um, they are loud as balls when you shoot them outdoors. Okay, if you're shooting them under a roof, or you're shooting them indoors, they are unbearably loud. Um, now, I'm not saying that's going to pre like prevent you from fighting and winning, but bear in mind, you're going to deal with hearing damage. Um, and if you have small children in the house, that's going to be, the entire event is going to be traumatic, but super loud, obnoxiously loud bangs is going to make that experience worse for them. Um, pets, that's, that's one of the, the key considerations for me. And I know it is for Tarek. Um, I have small dogs in the house, TS small dogs in the house. Um, that would be catastrophic for them if, if I was to fire a rifle in my house. Um, 
I'd, I'd rather go at it with a pistol. Um, it doesn't mean you have to. It's just something to bear in mind. Rifles are super loud indoors. And, and as Kuno says, you know, that comp rifle, expect permanent hearing damage as a result. Is that better than getting raped and murdered? Yes. Yep. But it's still not a great thing. Um, you know, if you shoot a lot, your hearing is probably taken a bit of a pounding as it is. To now subject yourself to that sort of damage, um, it's it's going to, you know, I've heard of cases where audio exclusion or not, uh, guys have heard their rifle gone or going off, and it has hurt them while they were in while they were firing shots. Um, and what you don't want to know is, is a situation where you now need hearing aids uh, because of that that awesome sort of comp you set off. Uh, on the dog, dog topic, and we, I should have actually, I, I, if, if I prepared for the show, I would have made a note to discuss it earlier, um, but I didn't, so I'm going to discuss it now. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people have got overblown ideas about how useful their dogs are. Um, if your dogs are pets, guess what? They're pets. That's what they are. They're things to cuddle and give biscuits to. Um, don't expect them to hear someone because they may not. Um, you know, they, they, I've seen, I've had my dogs sleep through the security com- company guys arriving. Um, don't expect them to get all sort of defensive unless they're trained as protection dogs. Um, they don't protect property. Uh, you know, your dog doesn't give a shit about your TV. Um, and and your pet dog is <laughs> is a very different thing to a police dog or a protection dog. So... Yes, they can give you early warning, um, and and sometimes that can be really helpful. But don't don't think it's okay. I can and I, my my late grandparents used to do this. It's fine. We can leave the door open. We've got dogs. They will warn us, uh, because sometimes they won't. Uh, there's a fair amount. There's also a fair amount of CCTV footage of um, attacks happening where the dog is kind of trying to say hello to the attacker because. It's a dog. It's a, you know, a pet dog is a friendly thing. Um, so that's just, it's a little uh, meander back to something that's quite important. Yep. Absolutely. Lots, lots of people seem to think that uh, little Fido who, who sleeps on you all day mm. is going to turn into a ravenous killer the moment that something happens. Um, the reality is my dog's not going to turn into killers and I don't want them to. I, I don't want them in front of me. I want them behind me and I want to stop whatever is going towards them. Um, not everyone shares that, that, that love for their, their animals, but uh, mine are not there to fight for me. I'm there to fight for them. Um, so, uh, guys, welcome back. You didn't miss much. <laughs> okay, cool. I want to just touch on with the animals is that people also forget that if you are going to have um, – a pet or an animal or a dog that's that is trained to assist you with some sort of protection um, they do normally require a lot of training they require a lot more attention and you need to devote a lot more time to them to maintain that training so that's something else to keep in mind with it as well yep and you can't take your dog with you most places Um, you're not going to pack your dog in the car in the morning when you drive to the garage to pick up your coffee um it's again, firearms are a lot more useful because you can take them a lot more places a lot more easily. And awareness um, is the most useful. Well, yes. You can take that almost anywhere. Almost. <laughs> almost. 
you can't take it to an isolation tank. Um, uh. But you know, I've I've got a mate who's, who's who's into you know like sort of dog work is is his his hobby, and it's it takes a lot of time. You know, he's got some very very cool maligators, um, but that's a that's a lot of work, a lot of effort. Um, and that's a mistake people make as well. They get a German Shepherd or a Malinois or something like that, and they think this is going to be a protection dog, and then they get upset because it destroys everything because it's a working dog that's not working. Uh, they're living things. They're, 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 so you need to treat them as such. Um, and and don't get don't just think you can buy a pit bull and that'll keep you safe. Um, because jokes aside, it's also really easy to shoot a dog. So don't get illusions about um, how much they're going to do unless they're very carefully trained uh, and, and you've made that effort. Yep. There's also the, the other side of this. Um, I, I don't know how common this is in Joburg, but uh, where I grew up, um, I don't know about recently, but, but over a number of years, they had um, horrible dog poisonings like hundreds of dogs every month getting poisoned all over the place in presumably in preparation for, for petting the houses. Uh, I, I can't state that as a fact, but presumably in, a, in, a, in an effort to prepare for that. Um, so again, even if you have a working dog, um, they're, not, they're not a guarantee. He said, maybe you can teach them to not pick anything up or eat anything. And I, I know guys who have working dogs train them to not do that. Um, but there is the, the other alternative that he mentioned. So, yeah, not, not a fail-safe. And, and just remember, a, a, your dog is a far more useful early warning system in the house with you than outside. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, it's pay attention to your dog's behavior. Um, you know, one of my dogs has a very distinctive serious bark, which is different to his other bark. Um, and, you know, if the dogs are barking at people, if you shout at them for barking at people, don't then be disappointed when they don't bark at people. Yep. <laughs> that could turn into a whole episode on its own. Uh, <laughs> we, we've touched on little bits of this already. Um, but... Uh, Let's talk now about what happens when things go bump in the night or things go bump during the day. Um, obviously, you said you need to have something that tells you that things are going bump. Um, preferably, you should have a lot of things that tell you that things are going bump so that you can, one, mentally prepare for what's happening, um, and two, you can get whatever you need to get into play into play um, with a little bit more warning than they're on top of you. Um, so D-Bag, let's let's talk about this. Um, are, are you in favor of like a like a, a an agreed home defense plan with the wife? I, I am, but uh, are you in like I have a job and you have a job. Your job is to call the police and wife. back me up, and my job is to stop whatever is coming. It's um, nice that or, your wife will listen to you. Um, I think that's one of the rare instances where uh, I, I have a I have a distinct serious face. And uh, I've yet to encounter someone that ignores serious face. Um, they ignore most of everything else I do. But when I get properly serious, most people listen. So, Sorry, what yeah. was that, Corn? 
<laughs> this is this is not serious face in the slightest, which is why you're ignoring. <laughs> so there's a couple of schools of thought, and there's and, and there's a couple of things that are uh, are kind of passed on as gospel that I may or may not agree with. Um, you know, people often tell you that if you hear a bump in the night or in the day, you shouldn't go investigate it. You should go to your safe room and call the police and or your security company and, you know, point a shotgun at the door of the room. And, and honestly, that's not realistic for most people. Um, the, the police and the security company are going to stop coming if you phone them every time you hear a noise. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's applying your brain. Um, we and no one else can give you a perfect plan for every situation. Um, you know, what we can do is we can give you some tools so that you can work out what might be the perfect plan, might be the best plan, or might be the least worst plan for that situation. Uh, but no one can, no one can, can give you that sort of, that sort of answer. So yeah, we, we may have to go investigate um, because it might be the cat knocking something over. It might be the house making a noise. It might be that the light fitting outside fell down. Um, if we do have your gun with you, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be in your hand. You don't have to be running around like Charlie's Angels, but have it handy because, like with our friend, the noise in that situation turned out to be people trying to break into his house. Um, it is better if you don't have people in the way. Um, you know, I, I would rather have my wife somewhere safe than, than in the middle of that. Um, and if they do go over me, um, hopefully I'm enough of a speed bump that, that she can take them out when they get to her. Uh, but if, if you know there's someone there and there's no reason to go there, then don't go there. So you're sitting in the lounge and you hear Oaks kicking your door in and you've got the option of slamming the, the trelly door, you know, that, that separates your living area um, from your lounge and phoning the police from there. Well, that's always a better plan. Um, you know, as we've said before, if you can avoid the fight, avoid the fight. Um, but it, it's often not that black and white. Uh, you know, it's often a case of, you hear a noise and you don't know what the noise is. It's, it's a peculiar noise or it sounds like X and turns out to be Y. So, and that, that, that becomes quite a contentious topic as well uh, with the, the classic sort of bump in the night. So you wake up in the middle of the night and you hear a noise in the lounge. Um, you know, do you go investigate? Once again, as we've said, you can't phone the police every time. Uh, if you are going to go investigate, light is your friend. Um, turn the lights on, have lights on your guns because, and this is a topic that's come up quite recently, so just let me sidebar here slightly. You have a duty to positively identify anything you're going to shoot. Um, this bullshit about if someone's in my house, I'm going to shoot them. It's once again, it's that idiotic black and white thinking of anyone in my house is a bad guy. Um, you know what? Your son may have snuck, snuck his girlfriend in. Your daughter may have snuck her boyfriend in. Or your son may have snuck his boyfriend or your daughter, her girlfriend or whatever to be properly inclusive. Um, your child may have snuck in their significant other or insignificant other. Um, your cousin from Heidelberg who was sleeping over might have gotten up 
for a glass of water in the middle of the night and you forgot they were sleeping over. Um, there's a whole myriad of situations where we could end up with someone in our house that wouldn't normally be there or even shouldn't be there but doesn't need shooting. Um, you know, the guy who broke in to steal the TV who shouldn't be there, who's now climbing out the window with the TV, doesn't need shooting. Um, so we need to be able to identify that target. And that that requires light. Uh, and if you're going to go looking, that requires even more light because there's there's the possibility of of people hiding in the shadows. So the classic thing is if you hear a noise, in, you know, if you know there's someone there, so you hear noises in the lounge, um, get to a safe room and lock down. That works really well if you live on your own or if you live with us, you know, if it's you and your significant other in in the same room or you know in the same bed or in the same room uh where you can take take control of them that's awesome uh what often gets forgotten with that is what do you do if you've got kids in the house um you know the one argument i've seen with kids is that you should go to their their room and be able to protect them from there my, my concern with that argument is i don't want i don't have kids but i'm assuming if i had them i'd be attached to them or at least relatively attached to them I don't want my kids' room turning into the, the scene of the gunfight. Um, I don't want my kids' room being a place where there's bullets flying around. Uh, I've seen the argument about, you know, go to the kids' room, pick them up, and bring them all back to the safe room. And my concern with that is you're now giving yourself and your kids multiple exposures to any bad guys in the house. Um, if you've got multiple kids, you may be separated. And your ability to do anything is going to be um, reduced. Uh, you know, if you're carrying a child, you're not going to be as well equipped to, to deal with shit than, than if you aren't. Uh, and to be honest, a lot of kids now don't fucking listen. Um, so, you know, if, if I look at the way some kids behave when they're inspired with mommy and daddy, if they're now stressed and, and daddy's going, I need you to listen, and they're trying to pull on his eyeball, um, that's a problem. So it, it may, in that situation, your best bet may be to get between um, your family and where you heard those voices, where you heard those noises. Um, hopefully it's a situation where you've got a, you know, a security gate between the living area and where they've broken into. Um, or, you know, if it's, if it's an upstairs living area that you can kind of cut that off. Um, but you may find yourself in a situation where your kids are on the opposite end of the house to you, which is fantastic from a noise point of view, um, but more challenging from a defensive point of view. And in that situation, you may have to do something that everyone tells you not to, and you may have to go look for trouble. Um, not because it's, it's not because we want to get into fights, because uh, that's the last thing we want to do. But you that may be the only way you can get between your family and, and the criminals. I don't want to be locked up in my panic room going, awesome, I've thrown on my plate carrier. I've got the M4 with the 60-round the drum. I've, I've lit up the mall. Everything's good. And the dude's gone into the room with my six-year-old. Um, and I'm locked going, well, if he finishes cutting her into little pieces and tries to get me, I'm going to shoot the shit out of him. Uh, so as with anything, you know, when I talk about this, I'm visualizing my house with 
the, the houses of people I go to regularly uh, or was allowed to pre, pre-lockdown and now I can again in small doses. Um, but you've got to look at your house and look at where that works. As I say, if, if it's you and your husband or wife um, at home on your own, it's much easier to, to lock, down, lock down in a room. If it's not, you've got to have a plan to, to try and keep all of those people safe. But whatever that plan is, it's also going to involve positively identifying anything that you're going to point a gun in and shoot. I want to say something that I said in the, uh, in the, the awareness show again, based on the fact that you can't always call security and you can't always call the police because when you do, eventually they're going to stop coming because they're going to get pissed off with all your false alarms. And that's completely understandable. Um, you need to have a, a, a physical barrier, but a mental barrier of how far you'll go. And I said this in that episode, I will get out of bed if I hear a noise in the house and I will go and look because I have dogs in the house. I have a wife in the house. Um, and I would get up in the middle of the night to go make a cup of coffee without thinking about it twice. So if I haven't heard stuff breaking, my alarm hasn't gone off. I've got no reasonable suspicion that there is someone in the house. I will get up and go and look. I'll take a gun with me. I'm not pointing a gun at anything, but I'll take a gun with me just in case, but I'll go and look. I won't open my doors and go outside and go look for something. There is no reason for me to do that. Um, even if my alarms haven't gone off, my, my boundary is the interior of my house. Okay. If I've heard noises or I've, that, that, that are identifiable as intruders, or I've heard shit break or the alarm has gone off. Well, at that point, the wife and I are in the same room. Uh, we'll, we'll, bunker down. Like I said, she gets to call the police. I get to stop whatever is coming. I don't get to go look for what's coming. I get to stop what is coming. Um, because remember, as competent as some of us are in, in, in multiple aspects of defense, so you might be an awesome grappler, or you might be an awesome stand-up like brawler, or you might be an awesome gun dude, an awesome knife dude. If you lose that fight, there is nothing between you and your family, uh, b- between them and your family. Nothing. If you lose and statistically, we all lose at some point. If you lose, there is nothing stopping them. So going to look when you know there is trouble, if you don't absolutely have to, is like a fool's errand. Now, there are instances where you need to go and do that. Like T said, if you are separated from your children, you can't go to them. You need to be a, 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 a boundary between what's coming and the children. You may need to go and, and sort of look for it. Um, but again, be cautious in how far you need to go. And don't go any further than you absolutely need to. Um, and ideally, the, the, the place that you absolutely need to go to should be some defensible area. You do not want to be standing in the middle of your lounge that is open windows on, well, open, clear pane glass windows on three sides and the whole world can see you and you're standing in the middle of the room. I'm waiting for this fight. That's ridiculous. Uh, find a place that is, is actually defensible. You'll need to assess your house to figure out where that is. Um, the other thing is these plans of the wife and I are going to bunker down in this room and we're going to, I'm going to fight from here if I need to, and she's going to get the police. Uh, that's all great. If trouble starts when I'm in that room, what happens if trouble starts when I'm not in that room? What happens if the trouble starts in that room? I don't want to take my family and move them from where we are to the room where we're going to fight from. If the trouble started there, you, you need to think of these. Uh, scenarios and this is going to be 
individualized because of how many people you have in your house, how likely they are to listen to you, um, how well they will follow what needs to happen uh, and, and which areas you can actually defend. Now, like I said, serious face. Um, I wasn't joking when I said when I get super serious, people generally listen because I don't get super serious often. Um, I'm a bit of a clown. But you don't have to. Sorry. He's just trying to record that. <laughs> you, you don't have to, to, to get to the same point that I get to when I, when I get a little bit uh, angry. Uh, but you need to have some way for people to know that we're not playing anymore. This is serious. Um, and you figure out how you do that, but your spouse needs to understand what that is. Your children need to understand that what that is. You can't have them. He said, you cannot have your kids throwing temper tantrums in the middle of you trying to fight for their lives. Um, now kids are going to react and then it might be emotional and stuff, but if you can at least get them to not, there we go. Just smack them around. If you can at least get them to listen to you, even if they're super scared and stuff, if you can at least get them to listen to you so that they will run away from you um, when, when trouble starts or listen to you to go to that particular room while you sort stuff out. Uh, that is super important, uh, especially in South Africa is not unique in this sense, but especially in a country as violent as South Africa in terms of crime. Um, children are not off limits in this country by, by any means. Um, you, you need them to listen and you need them to obey. Um, I would say always, but I'm a little bit old school. Um, you need them to listen and obey in, the, in those situations. And they need to know that those situations are serious and there is no time for playing or fucking around. This, this, is, this is daddy talking, you fucking do this. Um, and like I said, that should be the same with your spouse or, or anyone else who shares your house. Um, I've met your spouse. There's no way she's going to fucking listen to you. <laughs> there are limited circumstances. This is, this is one of them. Um, I can't think of any others <laughs> at all. Um, but that goes for anyone else in your house. Um, and said, it can't just be you giving the signal that this is serious now. Uh, there, there needs to be sort of reciprocal experience there. If the wife notices something and she goes, there's a problem. You need to not laugh at off and, and, and think it's funny or uh, whatever, it, the woman being woman, whatever the fuck people say. If there are some listeners, he does not represent the feelings of 66% of Welcome to the Gun Show. Excuse him. He's from Heidelberg. I, I, I'm not being sexist here. I'm, I'm being serious. It's like the, the husband needs to also listen to the wife is what I'm getting to. You, you, there, there needs to be some way for you to tell that they're not playing. Things are serious. It's go time. Things need to happen. Um, that can sometimes be, be um, depending on the house dynamic, that can be troublesome for, for people to listen to others. And, that's not just tears laughing. That's not just the spouse thing. You might be sharing a house with a roommate or, or, or something like. Parents might live in your house. Par- yep. Parents, parents don't often like listen to their children. It's just in Afrikaans, for the Afrikaans community at least. It's not the hierarchy. Um, but again, this is a place where you need to somehow get them to listen to you and do what the fuck needs to happen. Um, T-Bag's laughing. Uh, yeah. Um, so with, with regards uh, I just, to, oh. Sorry, T. 
I just want to jump back to what Cornet was saying about where you draw that line of where you're going to look. Uh, my my sort of system is much the same as his, where I will get up and have a look in in indoors to see what's going on if I've heard a noise or something. But I won't go outside, and that reverts back to something I said earlier. If you decide that you're going to go and investigate outside, you have to break down the security measures that you have, those boundaries to go outside and have a look. Um, and you opening up the opportunity to gain easy access again. If you do think that maybe, okay, if I'm going to investigate outside, I'll open up, I'll go outside and I'll lock up. That's going to take even longer. So you've got a longer period of time that you basically breaking down those defenses. So you're making everybody vulnerable at the same time. So keep that in mind as well. Yeah, it's it's not unheard of is. for people to, sorry, T-Bag, it's not unheard of for people to go outside to look and having the dude sneak past them and then waiting for them in the house when they get back. Sorry, T. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to say is that sometimes you go out, leave the door open and then they, they come in behind you. The other thing is you go out, lock the door. You've If you've got a set of house keys on you um, and you get got, uh, they've got a set of house keys now and all your security measures are now, they have the way through them. Um, Huge compromise. A couple of other things just to think about, uh, especially if a gun is part of your home defense plan. You need to be aware of your lanes of fire and your fields of fire. South Africa, we have the advantage as a general rule. Um, you know, it's, it's not like this for everyone, but, but for probably the majority of our listeners, our houses are made out of brick. Um, so handgun, rifle, shotgun, bullets are not going to pass through walls if, if you miss. Um, but they will go through windows. They will go through glass doors, sliding doors. With more and more people living in townhouse complexes and that, you need to be aware of that. Um, if, if, if you have a bullet that goes that, that misses and, and goes through um, into a parking area, you could endanger other people. So you want to you want to as best as possible, especially if you've got a, a bunker down, um, you want to as best as possible have, have ways to, to minimize uh, that risk as best as possible. You can never get rid of it completely, but but you can minimize. Um, There's also interior doors. Yeah. Um, so not just do you need to be aware of sending rounds out into the general public. Um, shooting from your bunker down position through the passage into your kid's bedroom is not wise. Um, so interior doors will not stop rounds. Uh, some exterior doors in South Africa, if you have those pivoting doors, some of those are pretty thick and pretty tough. They, they might stop some stuff. I wouldn't rely on it. Uh, but interior doors, I can pretty much guarantee everything's going to go through them. Uh, with regards to sort of secondary sort of support gear, um, you know, you want to have your gun on you um, as much as possible. Uh, or, or within arm's reach. Um, there's a lot of other gear people sometimes like to think about. I've come across the classic sort of, you know, hide a spare mag on the bookshelf and a spare mag behind the TV. And, a, and besides legal issues, the chances of you remembering, you, you will find that spare mag when you're looking for, the, for a book that's on that shelf or when you're moving house. Um, so... <laughs> have stuff like that in a logical sort of setup. Um, there's a lot to be said for, for having some sort of body armor available. Um, 
that's not going to be not going to work in in every situation. It it wouldn't have it wouldn't have helped in our in our friend's situation. But had you you know if you've got a little bit of prior warning, if you hear that bump in the night, um, there's no reason not to have some sort of body armor you can throw in quickly handy. Uh, it it gives you it it allows you to cover carry some of your own cover with you, um, and a lot of them now you can have a pouch where. You can take the day spare mag and sl- slide it into your body armor. You can have a torch clipped on there all the time. You can have medgear on there all the time. And medgear is an important thing to have available in the house as well because, uh, you know, if, you, if you're going to make holes, you need to be able to stop holes as well. Um, your, someone in your family or you may have been injured in, 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 the, in the home invasion event. So it would be terrible to sit and watch your significant other bleed to death because you didn't have any, you know, you managed to kill the bad guy or stop the bad guy and now you don't have a way to stop them bleeding. So, but once again, that, that sort of stuff needs to have some sort of proper setup. So, you know, if, if, you, if you've got it all clipped on a plate carrier or, or on a bulletproof of some sort that you can throw on or you've got, a grab bag with stuff that you can leave out the safe, um, you know, with with torches and med kits and pepper sprays and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, that's not, I, I'm and, and, and understand because I hear people, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people hear this and go, well, you know, now it's just turning into uh, fantasy band camp and that sort of thing. You, you know, it gives us an extra life. We've got that little bit of prior warning. You want to have a pair of shoes that you can slip on easily. Um, you don't want to be trying to walk around the house barefoot uh, because standing on Lego is not going to help your ability to, to your marksmanship. Um, so, you know, a pair of shoes you can slip on easily. It'll be nice to have medgear. If you can have uh, body armor, it's a helpful thing. And another really nice thing to have handy, if possible, um, and once again, and, and this is where people get confused and stupid, um, you know, the first thing I'm probably going to reach for is my gun. Um, but if I've got a bit of time, and this is going to sound silly, but a, a set of really good quality electronic earmuffs uh, for two reasons. Like cheat mode? Yeah. You can hear better. Um, especially if, like some of us, your hearing isn't as good as it used to be. Uh, it enables you to hear better what's going on without damaging your ears. Uh, so if... if 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 you if you can if, if you are going to for whatever reason go go check on the noise or if you've heard someone and you now want to you're worried about where they're going or you you're trying to get between them and the kids, the ability to hear them moving through the house, hear them communicating, um, that's not a bad thing, and the ability to not be sort of affect yourself with those gunshots. You know, auditory exclusion generally means that we we're not really aware of them. That doesn't mean that the damage isn't happening. So he, you know, and we're seeing more and more normal crime now involving long guns. So he wangs off two or three rounds from a stolen R5. His mate wangs off a couple of rounds from a pistol. You're wanging off rounds. Um, if, if we can try and reduce that sort of, you know, you set off an R5 in, a, in, a, in, a, in an enclosed room. Um, it's like a little baby portable flashbang. So if you can reduce that effect on yourself as well, uh, I'm not seeing the downside really. Also, it's, it's really easy to stage things like EarPro. No legal requirement. They're 
like some of the better ones are pretty expensive, but you can get some some relatively inexpensive ones that you can have just lying around. I, I'll just have my, my actual shooting ones lying around. But if you don't have, you can pick up a relatively cheap set that'll, that'll both protect your hearing. But to me, is protecting your hearing is, is a really good thing um, because you want to minimize the after effects of this event as far as possible. And that includes protecting your hearing from, from permanent loss in some instances. Um, but the cheat mode you turn on when you have a, a, a relatively decent set of, of electronic ear pro on, um, it is amazing what you can hear with those things on. Um, for the guys who've never used electronic ear pro, um, and might think it's expensive. If you can at some point try out a buddies and just, experience it. it it really is cheat mode and again staging it is there's no legal requirement you can absolutely have that lying around wherever you're keeping your mid gear and stuff and if you, you're running a plate carrier where you're keeping a plate carrier um, something i want to touch on to you that's sort of taking us a little bit back um, is the running of long guns for home defense mm-hmm. um, running of long guns for home defense is great when you're bunkering down Aside from some of the other issues that we that we've mentioned, uh, things like like noise, things like flash, um, things like damage to small kids' hearings and that, hearing that kind of stuff, um, moving around places with long guns um, can be tricky. Um, there is a little bit of training required in in uh, in moving around in such a way that you don't end up with a giant flagpole in your hand that someone either takes from you or uses to push you around while they stab or shoot you. Um, pistols are a lot more manageable, a lot easier in, in confined spaces. And if you have to shoot from retention because the person is on you, I, I don't know about you, T, but I could not shoot any of my shotguns um, at, at bad breath distance. Um, I would need to have you a little bit further away because otherwise I can't have the muzzle physically on you. Um, I've shown you how to do it. You just obviously weren't paying attention. Yeah, well. Your shotgun's it, it, also the only long, gigantic thing you have. Um, well, there, there is an M4 <laughs> and, an, and a Nova. I'm still waiting for licenses, but there, there are some shorter guns. I mean, you, you, you can make a, a reasonable length long gun as short as a pistol. Um, it is harder. Uh, and, you know, without a doubt, if, if you've got a choice... If you're getting, in, if you know you're getting into a fight, it's always better to have a longer than a pistol because pistols suck. Um, you know, the only thing pistols have got going for them is convenience. Uh, you, you don't have the power, you don't have the the ease of, you know, the, the ability to get easy hits and that like a long gun. Um, but they're convenient, and as we've discussed earlier, you can have them with you all the time. Um, uh, so, you know, it, it's. There's a, it's a lot easier to, there's also, there's, let's go, how do I put this? Realistically, most of you are not going to get home. When you go to bed, open up the safe, load a long gun, stash it, and then when you, you know, if something happens, grab that long gun and have access to it. Whereas with a pistol, it's really easy to take your pistol off when you go to bed put it in wherever it goes at night and have access to a gun. And if it's got a light trail, you can slip a, a light on it, which is really nice. If it's, you know, a lot of pistols, if you've got a, 
a Glock or an M&P or a, a CZ or a Beretta or whatever, there might be the option of, of putting a bigger mag in there. So, you know, you might carry a Glock 19 and you can get home and put in a, a, a 17, 19 or 24 or 33 round mag if you want um, and, and have a, a slightly more capable package where you've, you've got a weapon mounted light on it, you've got a slightly bigger mag um, and you've got something that's, that's kind of handy that you can still slip in your pants or you know, if, if, you're gonna be, if you've got to open the door in the middle of the night to let the dogs in or out, you want a gun on you and, and hopefully in your hand because that is a very, very high risk time. Um, that's a lot easier to do with a pistol than it is to do with a long gun. And yeah, if you're kind of trying to stand at the door and someone smashes into that door and you've got your long gun, um, it's easier to tie up that long gun. It's a lot easier to disarm someone of a long gun than a pistol. So they they have a lot going for them. Um, that they have some disadvantages, but I, to be honest, I think a big part of it is just the the reality of are you how are you going to get this into the fight? What what time period? What situation are are, are you seeing? What have you done that's going to allow you to get the the long gun into the fight as opposed to the pistol, which its advantages are, are sort of convenience and, and speed attraction. Exactly. So not advising against long guns. I'm just saying that they require, um, they require some specific training, some specific techniques, and you need to, you need to be aware of those. Just yanking a shotgun out the safe and thinking, I have a shotgun. I cannot miss. I'm going to win is newsflash. I've seen people miss the shotguns way more than I've seen them hit stuff when they think they can't miss. It's very funny. <laughs> Another, another really important piece of, of sort of safety equipment, and this just isn't just in the home, but in the home as well, is to have a fully charged or a charged cell phone with airtime on it. It needs to have power so that it can work. Um, and with smartphones, that becomes more of a challenge because you know the days of charging your phone on, on Sunday night and then again next Sunday night went with the Nokia 3310. Um, but you need to try and keep, like with your petrol tank, you you know, we don't want to let the petrol tank go into reserve. We want to try and make sure that the phone doesn't go into reserve because if something does happen, expect to be making lots of phone calls. Um, security companies, police, ambulances, you're probably going to want to call a friend or six. Um, you know, so if 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 you've got... Power banks are a really useful thing to have, especially when, you know, these nights, you know, if someone in your family is hurt, it can go really long if you've now got to go to the hospital with them. Um, and even if, if it doesn't get that far, just being able to phone the police, stay on the line with them or a security company or whatever, keep in communication is important. The other nice thing with smartphones is they have a camera. So you can use that to take photos of where his gun fell or where his knife fell, um, of the door that got smashed in or whatever, so that if that gun or knife disappears, at least you've got something. Um, so, you know, be very careful. There's, there's issues with sharing photos on social media and that. Just don't, be, don't be silly. Um, but those photos can be really helpful to you um, as as evidence and, and as i say you've got that means of communication 
your smartphone's probably got some sort of voice recorder on it. It's, it, it's got a way to phone people. It's got a way to text people. You can keep in contact with people, um, but only if it works. So uh, on that topic of, of the phone thing, um, I'm going to probably catch some flack here because iPhones. iPhones, you can set them up that if you tap a certain button a couple of times, it automatically calls your default emergency contact. Set that up. Um, I am pretty sure that the other brands and other operating systems and things have similar features. I just don't know how they, how, how they work. Um, but be sure to set that up so you don't need to scroll through a list of people or anything. You tap that button or on some phones, I think you hold it down and it automatically dials that emergency contact. That is a lot easier to do and you can, you can remain, to you, lack of a better word, you can remain threat focused while you do that. Um, if you don't have someone in the family, a spouse or someone who's managing phone calls while you're trying to keep people away from you, um, get the call going, stick it on speaker, put it down, keep talking. Um, they already know that you're in the house. They already know who you are. The fact that the phone is, is, is making a noise is probably not putting you in a worse position. I, I, there's probably conceivably some situations where them hearing the phone might make things a little bit worse, but honestly, if you can stick the phone on speaker, put it down and get back to focusing on what you need to be doing and on gun, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's going to put you in a much better position to fight while still being able to get some communication going. Um, other numbers to have, um, your, your default emergency contact is probably not the police or your security company. Um, probably it's probably your spouse, uh, for most people. Um, but be sure that you have your security company's number on your phone, preferably as a speed dial. Be sure that you have the police on speed dials on your phone. Um, this is going to be very area dependent, I suspect. Um, you can either have the, the, the generic, the old 10 triple one. I'm not sure if that number is still uh, in service or mm -hmm. if that's been changed. Oh, wait, two, nine, one, one or whatever. The no, that's, that's uh, NetCare's emergency number. Ah, well, whichever one the, the, the emergency contact cell phone number was for the police, I can't what it is. Uh, that for a while didn't work from cell phones, but it maybe it's been fixed. Whatever. Um, I mean, it, it functions. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not the number that I have on my phone for that. So that's the bit that I'm saying is probably going to be highly uh, area dependent. Our area has, uh, in our sector, which is bigger than the suburb, but the sector has two dedicated vans. Mm. And those vans have direct dial numbers. Uh, so those are the ones that we save um, because that'll get you to not just a call center of some sort where they're trying to, to, to get people dispatched to you. It'll get you to a unit that is already in your area. Um, if your area has that, I, I don't know if this is a, 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 a common thing in most suburbs in sort of metropolitan areas. I, we, we know that in rural areas, this is not going to be a thing, um, but, my metropolitan areas, I suspect it might be. And that's, Try and have that, the. Sorry, that that's probably your best first number to phone is the um, the sector vehicle as opposed to the station. Yep. Then, should that fail, obviously having this your your local station have their number saved, that's um, going to again get you probably slightly faster response than phoning ten triple one because. You're already in the correct area. You don't have to explain how to get to your house. You'll still need to give them address and, and, and details, but 
at least they're they're not uh, getting confused with three different suburbs on different areas in the in the country that happen to have the same name. They're, they're already localized to your area. Um, a lawyer is not a bad thing to have on your dial. Um, should something go down, you probably should be contacting your lawyer. Um, and this is, I've, I've heard two sides to the story. I've, I've heard from police officers who say that anyone who calls a police officer, uh, calls a lawyer is guilty. Uh, and then I've heard some, from some other ones who go, dude who doesn't call his lawyer immediately is not smart. And uh, I suspect that the second batch is right. Um, we're going to try and have a talk on here at some point with an attorney that specializes in, in these sorts of things. Um, but generally speaking, you want to try and uh, at least initially communicate through your attorney, through your lawyer. Uh, it, it stops you from saying things that could affect you negatively going forward. Um, you may not mean the things that you say, or you may not know that you're saying them uh, because stress, adrenaline, um, traumatic experience. Uh, but if you can get yourself primed to say, I'm sorry, it's been a, this has been a traumatic experience. I, I need a few minutes to just calm down. Uh, I will communicate through my lawyer when he gets here. Uh, is is a is a very sensible sort of thing to try and memorize and prime yourself to use. Um, Bearing in mind that to get a lawyer to come out at eleven o'clock at night is going to cost you a lot of money. He might not come. He might not be able to do anything. Um, but yeah, keep keep communication to the minimum. Um, have a lawyer who you can call to for this and get some advice from him as well. I'm not a lawyer. Kuna is not a lawyer. Gaz is not a lawyer. Um, we're not here to give you legal advice, you know. So make sure that you have some sort of plan. Make sure that you're not going to say anything that's going to incriminate you, um, even if you're completely innocent. People, people say stupid shit, and people get excited, and they want to justify what happened, and they want to share with everyone what happened because something exciting happened. And... And that can that can get you in trouble. And I've I've also heard horror stories of um, you know guys getting kind of baited into saying really stupid shit, and then that coming back to haunt them. Yep. Uh, to backtrack a little bit as well, if you make an emergency phone call, don't phone and go come to my house. There's bad people because that doesn't help. Um, you know. The classic advice has always been to give your, your number first. Hopefully, if you're phoning a cell phone, your number's going to come up. Um, you want to give your address clearly. Um, so number 123 Evergreen Terrace, Springfield, in a state they've never admitted. Missouri. No one knows. Could be Illinois. Could be like every state has a Springfield. But what you don't want to do, as I say, is just mob, gobble stuff. If your area has a has a WhatsApp security group, um, try and get on there. Um, the good ones won't let you do anything except send messages like one, two, three, Evergreen Terrace, two men in my house, get help. Uh, that gets you more means of communication with your local CPF or security or whatever. Um, if your area doesn't have such a group, start one. Um, but do not allow, allow people to use it for anything except that you know um because you get people who want to then have chats on groups like that 
uh, and it defeats the object because then you put it on silent to ignore it. Uh, but take advantage of modern technology. Uh, you know, if you can send a message to a group, you know, you can send a voice note going, shit, there's three people in my yard. Um, you know, I'm at this address, there's three people in my yard. Please get me help. And you've got 30 people in a group. Uh, you have more chance of people being able to get hold of security companies. Um, you know, often that their security company will also come out and help. So you've called your security company, they've called their security company. It just gets you more bodies and more um, more people involved. Uh, and that can also reduce the chances of there being a do-over. Um, you know, criminals are not criminals because they like to work hard. So... It's not a bad idea to know who your neighbors are, have some sort of comms with your neighbors, um, and have a vague idea of where your area is. So when someone says they live at 478 Evergreen Terrace, you, need, you know whether you need to turn left or right if you're going to go, go through to try and help. Yep, sound advice. Uh, again, with that advice, you cannot rely on people to get there in time to save you. If you... Um, have some moral objection to owning firearms or you have some moral objection to, uh, to the, the, the use of violence, uh, to survive. Um, probably not listening to this. You're probably not listening to this. <laughs> Let's say that someone's baited you into doing this. Um, we have survived as long as we have as a species because of violence. Um, we didn't win most things in our early days because we could speak diplomatically. Um, Violence works, it is effective, and it is something that can be at your disposal immediately. Um, phoning your friend who used to be a professional boxer who is 79 minutes away uh, by airplane is not going to help you if something like this happens. Um, so this is an important bit. Um, prepare mentally for what perhaps needs to be done beforehand um, you need to be aware that uh, you if you need to defend yourself you need to be fully committed to defend yourself um, you need to be willing to do what is necessary in order to stop the attack and you need to be at peace with that before it starts um, having a, a, a moral debate with yourself on whether you'll do this thing or not when you need to do this thing is not going to help you um, so think about that. Just, just put some thought into it, mentally prepare for that. Um, t -Bag, what have we missed? What haven't we spoken about? Oh, something else that I want to mention, sorry, T, on, on the cell phone thing. Um, I don't know how common it is for, for home invasions. Um, but people do occasionally get taken along when people leave the scene of the crime. Um, kidnapping is a, is a real thing. Um, taking hostages is, is a real thing. Um, again, this is iPhone specific. I'm sure that the others have similar features. I just don't know how they work. And the iPhones, you can turn on uh, a feature called find my, which allows you to designate people who can track your position in real time. Essentially. Um, I would recommend that you turn that on so that your spouse can see where you are. Uh, and at times you, you, you might have other people that you trust sufficiently that, um, you can share your location with them at all times. Um, that's 
maybe not comfortable for everyone to do, but the fact is that when they take you, they're probably taking your cell phone with, and uh, that allows some way of perhaps not tracking you all the time, but at least having some idea of, of which direction you're heading and uh, be, being able to get help towards you. Um, yeah, Greg? If, sorry, guess. No, I never said anything. Oh. I, I know. Um, <laughs> bitches. Bitches. <laughs> It, it's a pretty exhaustive, exhaust, it, it's a massive topic. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, we're never going to be able to cover all of this in, in even a five-hour podcast, and you don't really want to listen to us for five hours, and I don't really want to talk for five hours. Use, use your brain. Um, you know, as we said, look at this like you're a criminal. Visualize possible scenarios. Um, it's not about living in paranoia. It's not about, and I've had conversations with people where, you know, I'm a farmer and I'm not going to lock my security gate because that's not why I live on the farm. Um, and then they complain about farm attacks. And I'm not justifying farm attacks, but don't make it easier for them. Don't help criminals attack you. Um, they have, you know, they have enough going for them as it is. So you want to you wanna make life challenging for them. Um, it's not about living in paranoia. It's not about living, not living your life or any other silliness like that. It's about taking some basic precautions that are just going to give you more options if the unthinkable happens. Uh, and that's what we want. You know, we, we want you to have, have those options so that you're not coming from behind any more than is necessary. Yeah, I think that it, it's going to boil down to the the fact that you need to think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, if you're going to do something specific to a house or to your, your systems or whatever the case is, think about the repercussions, the rewards, advantages, disadvantages to implying that that new system or maybe taking one away. Think about that before you do it and then just be aware of things. Don't ignore things. Think about things. Um, that's it. Don't look like food something will eventually try to eat you. Yep. That's the, a good uh, way of putting it. That's, that's the, I think I first heard that from T. I'm sure that T is not the, the originator of that phrase. Um, but that's one that yeah. seems to ring true to most people um, when I repeat it. Um, they don't understand, don't look defeated, don't, don't look down, I look people in the eyes, walk tall. People don't get that until you say, you know, don't look like food. Something's going to try and eat you. People understand yeah. them. Um, and that, that, does, that, that is the same thing for your house. Don't make your house look like an appetizing or, 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 a, or a nice meal um, because it's easy to get into. It's easy to observe. Um, you're leaving everything open. Um, you're making it obvious that there's shit to take. Um, yep. Awesome. Awesome. Sweet. I think that is the topic, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we thank you for, uh, for, for taking the, uh, the time to listen up to this point. Um, we know it's probably been uh, uh, not easy listening to us natter on for an hour and a half or two hours or however long this is going to end up being. Um, <clears throat> Teabag, you have a couple of training courses coming up. Yep. Um, you want to tell us about level, those? I'm uh, going to be running a, a level one um, course on the 12th of September at Roy Kroll. So uh, 
we'll get this stuff up on the various Facebook pages in the next day or so. But uh, it's time to start booking. Um, and then the next day, the 13th, we're going to be running a concealed carry skills course, which is the sort of level two. So um, if you haven't if you haven't done the level one before, you can do the level one on Saturday and the level level two on Sunday. Um, and that's kind of focused on on deploying a pistol from concealment and and uh, sort of defensive pistol, you know, some very basic tactics and and defensive pistol techniques um, and and uh, use of the gun. So I'm really really excited. Um, those are going to be good fun. So uh, hit me up to to book as always. Space is limited. Um, and uh, we've already got a couple of bodies on those. So. Um, we'd just like to thank everybody for their support this, uh, this far into it. Um, we do appreciate all of the questions and interest that you guys have had. And we are hoping that what we're providing for you guys is helping and it's making you guys think a little bit more about all of the different topics that we're speaking about. And we, we would love to hear any of your feedback and always a minimum of five stars rating would be appreciated. Thanks, everybody. Later, losers.